I really believe that, you know, your authentic self is where the voice of your intuition lives. And all of that lives in your heart space. So this is one of the infinite reasons why I'm such an advocate to live from your authentic self. Because like what you just mentioned, you know, when you're really operating from your most authentic self, you're going to be living on your highest path. And I'm not saying easiest. I just want to put that in there. I'm saying highest, right? And it's in that process, that unfolding, that you truly rise into your highest self-expression. Welcome, welcome to another episode of The Brave Table. I'm your host, Dr. Nitha, and this is your destination, your oasis for all things just a little bit more brave, brave in your actions, your relationships, and your outlook on life. So buckle up because in this episode, yours truly dives into a kick-ass conversation with the fabulous Roxy Safay, the mastermind behind Black Belt Beauty. And our conversation literally gets a little bit real and uncomfortable because you are going to learn all about the history behind Black Belt Beauty and Roxy Safay, who is now one of the leading pioneers and experts in the self-love movement. And we talk about in the episode how we can debunk the cultural tendency to seek validation as Roxy comes from a very Persian upbringing and coming from immigrant households and immigrant parents, how much that has such a hold on us and how we seek our own truth and how when we recognize and realize that those are our patterns, how to untangle that as well as how to release that so that we can start to cultivate self-love by looking inward first. She has developed such a beautiful journal and a journaling practice as one of her rituals in Black Belt Beauty. And now she's provided thousands of safe space for self-expression, self-discovery, and leading to increasing their own awareness and their intuition. And we also dive into embracing the courage and strength that sometimes is required to let go of cords that no longer need to be had and how to cut them so that you can be authentic and true to you, your self-expression, to create a powerful and loving relationship with yourself. Roxy is a self-mastery and personal empowerment writer, speaker, and mentor. She's the founder and host of Black Belt Beauty. I've also been on her radio show podcast. Her voice is so unique as a thought leader because she inspires and leads women to boldly express their ultimate potential to live from a capable mindset. We've literally been connected this year and I just love how she exudes so much fierce, so much fuego, so much fire. Her unwavering passion literally pours out into... Just follow her on IG. But first, let's get into the episode this week with Roxy Safay on our self-love journey. And I think you're going to love it. Roxy, so good to have you, love. Thank you. I'm so happy and excited to be here with you, truly. Like finally, we're doing this and uh, I'm so excited. So I want to start by saying, what are you currently braving right now in life? Oh my goodness. Well, honestly, I feel like it's just the through line in my life because every day I show up as my authentic self and I am a heart-centric woman who literally leads by my intuition. Mm -hmm. So when you are living from your intuitive self, you're living on the edge 
And you have a different relationship with uncertainty, right? And that's something that I've certainly developed throughout my life. And so living this way means I'm going to trust. I'm going to double down on my faith. And I'm just going to keep creating forward, you know, listening to the voice of my heart and always knowing that I can never go wrong in doing so. Mm-hmm. And well, so I kind of want to rewind a little bit as to how, you know, Roxy became the Roxy who she is today, because I know you talk so much about self-love and and before we get into that, was there a time where you didn't have that for yourself? And what was that journey like to get to where you are? Yeah, I mean, you know, just a moment that really stands out to me where I was not necessarily being on my team. And and I understand why I have so much compassion why it was when I was 16, I blew out my knee. I was doing taekwondo, blew out my knee. Prior to that, I was an athlete, surf, run, always physical, body composition, my genes, you know, were were athletes, right? Always had this eight pack, never had to think about anything like that, right? So then fast forward into my teenage years after my injury where, you know, it'd be two years that I would be laid out and I had to get mobility back on my knee. It was a really, really painful process. Over the next few years to follow, I would gain all this weight. Luckily, I'd gain it all over, but still like, you know, and especially in those late teen years, I mean, I'm sure you can imagine as a young girl, it's like, what's happening to me, you know? And it would carry forward into my 20s. And I had this experience in that process where I knew that I was not in my optimal self. And it's such a mindfuck. It's not just dealing with the physicality of it, but it's the psychology of it, you know? And so... For me, you know, I started trying to adventure through every process that would get me back to sort of homeostasis, right? And in those years, you know, I've been writing my whole life, specifically a diarist journaling. And, you know, sometimes I'd... (laughs) Thank you. I, you know, I mean, the beauty of it is that I can go back to those years and I can see in this specific zone of my life, at least, because there was so much going on. But in that specific zone, I can see where... I was so hard on myself. And again, I understand why, but I, this is where I can look at you know my writing and go, you really weren't being on your team. You were trying. You didn't have the tools. You didn't have the wisdom yet, right? But you certainly made it a lot harder on yourself than mm-hmm. you needed to. And so fast forward, you know, when I figured it out, and we can talk about that if you'd like, but This is where, you know, I have a quote that pretty much went viral where I said that when you stop fighting yourself and you start fighting for yourself, the entire fucking game changes. Mm -hmm. And that pivot wasn't an overnight process, obviously, but it did eventually happen. And again, my writing has record of of the pivot, of the the transformation, the, the evolution rather. And It's incredible when you get on the other side and that self-love kicks in and you are actually operating on your team in life, Mm -hmm. it literally changes your entire life for the better. So yeah, that's one moment that I can say stands out where there was a lot of hardship that was self-inflicted, not just childhood, you know, because that's a whole nother (laughs) 
hardship story. Yeah. Well, so I want to just kind of give reverence to what you just shared, because I think so many of us, as we are going through our own journey of self-love, and I've had this conversation with others too in the past where it's like, it's not something that we are just, you know, we just think of. We're just like waking up one day thinking like, you know what? I just need more self-love. Right. I feel like it. <laughs> and I think for you to be the queen that really owns it because you were at a dark place. And yeah. I think many times, and you know, the stats are big for young girls. There's a New York Times article that just came out and where, you know, three out of five teen girls are now, you know, doing self-harm, which is two times the rate of boys. And it's crazy because it's one of the reasons why I started my nonprofit a really long time ago, because I was also in that camp of, you know, growing up during the time of like the Little Mermaid, Cinderella, Snow White. Yeah, right. You know, and we're getting our self-love from Prince Charming Mm -hmm. and Prince Charming, we're waiting for him to save us. And Prince Charming doesn't come. They come in like (laughs) narcissistic and, you know, enveloping codependent behaviors. But now, you know, I think more often than perhaps maybe when we were growing up, Mm -hmm. there's a lot more of that self-harm. And so, I guess knowing what you know now, and I know you have so many of these clips that have gone viral, what advice would you give to that younger version of yourself as you were beginning, you know, this journey to reckon with yourself? It's interesting because I would definitely say to do your very best to apply more self-compassion. I often say I frame self-compassion as a high-performance tool because it allows you to be human. It allows you to have messy moments, to make mistakes, to do all of that that we all do. And But you don't become those messy moments, right? They don't define you. They're just part of the process, right? But the interesting thing is, is that, you know... <laughs> I can imagine saying that to her. And I feel like I came downloaded with an expanded consciousness. Very introspective. Again, writing my whole life has put me in conversation, honest conversation, deep conversations with Mm -hmm. myself throughout my whole life. And that has expanded my consciousness in of itself, right? Outside of just living. And I also want to kind of like peel back the layers a little bit. Did you know, even early as a young girl, you always kind of had this knack for writing. Did somebody tell you this? Did you just pick up like, what was the story when little Roxy got, you know, her (laughs) first journal and started journaling? Yeah. It's as far back as I can remember. I think it was like seven years old, but starting with my diary. And I've always just had a really mystical connection with myself. It's the best Mm -hmm. way to frame it, truly. So I've always been comfortable being inward, right? And people often get surprised when they hear me say I'm actually more of an introvert than extrovert because when I'm out here, I'm really out here, right? But I'm able to be out here and be present because of how much time I spend with myself. And that's a priority to me. And so as a young girl going into my diary pages, you know, it was just me just expressing myself, you know? And and I really believe that, you know, that that is what we're here to do, to ex- continuously evolve our self-expression and to to share that with the world, right? And so I just allowed myself to express myself, whatever that would be, you know, and I obviously don't remember what I was writing at seven years old. I just remember that 
it was such a fun space for me to be in, such that I just kept coming back to it. And then, you know, over the years, it would eventually evolve into much more of a deeper scenario for me. Writing became my refuge. Writing was Mm -hmm. my safe haven. Writing is actually, so my journal, I've been calling it forever now. It's my favorite room. Mm -hmm. And it's really, you know, where I've been able to cultivate the relationship that I have cultivated with myself, which I love and is deeply empowered. There's so much reverence. The creative aspect of writing was always something that was really inspiring to me. You know, I didn't realize that I was actually a poet because I always, you know, you grow up and you think like poetry is just rhyming, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not, you know? And so I just would have so much fun playing with words, having these words become illustrations of what I was feeling, right? And like just playing with those illustrations and having them, you know, kind of give me another feeling just by looking back at it, right? Putting it out and then reading it back. And so it just became a really fun, comfortable, natural thing for me to do, to go into my diaries and then it becomes my journal. And then, you know, later throughout my life, because I, you know, (laughs) I often say I'm like, I am a maverick. I don't know if I ever necessarily decided this, but my family can affirm this. But from the earliest of my teens, I just decided that I'm going to live the life that I want to fucking live. Mm. And Was there a specific moment where... Because I I know your Mm -hmm. parents are immigrants too. And we kind of talked about this. I was on Roxy's podcast and we definitely, you know, talked about these like the nuances growing up with immigrant parents. But how was that for you? Because you've lived many different seasons and careers in your life. I have. Yeah. You know, really interesting. My parents separated when I was, I think it was seven. And it was a really, I had an early upbringing. And I'll just kind of just put few pieces in here for the sake of context. But, you know, there was physical abuse. My mom had to run away. My father was physically abusive. Yeah, it was like gnarly. A lot of people actually have no idea. But How it's, old were you? So I was seven when she left. And we're, there's five siblings. There's five of us. So I'm second to oldest and I have three younger brothers and my older sister. And the interesting thing about my father is that, you know, he's such a genius, literally, like actually a genius, engineer, philosopher, you know, so many incredible things actually instilled in us from my father. But, you know, he was physically abusive and and there was so much more too. It was, it was in a healthy environment in so many ways. And then in so many ways, it was also incredible just because of certain things that were instilled in me that still carry over into my life now, right? But yeah, mom had to run away. Um, for five years, she we didn't talk to her, and uh, she would finally, you know, be able to come back because she tried, but my father wasn't letting her, and so, yeah, five years. She's a you know Hollywood film in of herself because she left with a purse on her shoulders, came back as an entrepreneur, you know, owned her homes, dri- driving the Mercedes, like just like brunette to blonde, like. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, she's fierce. My mom is a legend. She's the fighter, you know, so that's where we got the fighter in us. So it would be just to move the story forward, you know, we would eventually move to live with my mother. And 
you know, and I and I know my mom also supported the maverick in me. However, because she was always so supportive of like, you know, you live your life. Like free thinkers live your life. However, there were still traditions and there were still ideas around what success is and the kind of right thing to do. And so, you know, when I was 16 and I, you know, told my mom, I'm going to move to Kauai after graduation to live with my boyfriend, my first love. She was like, okay, yeah, we'll see. And then I graduate, you know, like I'm getting ready to graduate and I'm packing my bags and it's happening, you know, and, you know, you actually moved. Oh yeah. I moved to Kauai. Yep. That was my life. I moved from Los Angeles to Kauai. I'd lived there for years before then moving to Honolulu. So I lived on Oahu for years too. But look, I know at the time it wasn't necessarily my mom's picture perfect idea of what her, you know, daughter would be going to do post high school. But I love and respect my mom. And it, it actually makes a big difference in what would happen later that she said, you always know where your home is. Go. You know? And that trust piece... That trust piece would come in years later. It's like a seed that was planted in me, right? Mm -hmm. Just, you know, I would still be wild and crazy. And trust me, I was. I moved to New York City. That's a whole nother life after, you know. But that trust that my mom instilled in me, like there was always something about that seed that kept me really safe and rooted. And I kind of wanted to just bring that up, that self-trust. And it's almost like, you know, because some of the things that, that I talk about in just around being brave and, you know, the self-love around bravery and for you to even just, well, your mom first starting that lineage, but then breaking that generational trauma for you. And then even as she was an immigrant, but for also for you to just say, no, I'm not going to actually do this. And for her to actually trust you, because I know for so many of us and so many of the Brave Table listeners who are listening, that definitely hasn't been their reality. Their moms would have been like, nope, you are doing exactly what I say. This is my roof. This is what's happening. And then we have the rebellious years. And it's almost like that instilled you know, everything that you talk about, which is the self-love coming back to self, Mm -hmm. coming back and have, you know, actually using your self-compassion as you say that, you know, the super, the powerful tool that, that is so underrated. Yeah. And that was kind of the beginnings of it. And I'm always so fascinated about people's kind of like origin journey Mm -hmm. stories because, you know, many times this is what you end up kind of sharing in your wisdom in the world. Totally. And that's one of the infinite reasons why I think it's so important to, in my poetic way to put it, is to uh, be devoted to your authentic self. Because I believe that your authentic self is where your intuition lives. And this is all like heart space, right? That's just my framework around it. Ooh, and, say that one more time. For yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I really believe that, you know, your authentic self is where the voice of your intuition lives and all of that lives in your heart space. So this is one of the infinite reasons why I'm such an advocate to live from your authentic self, because like what you just mentioned, you know, when you're really operating from your most authentic self, you're going to be living on your highest path. And I'm not saying easiest. I just want to put that in there. I'm saying highest, right? And it's in that process, that unfolding, that you 
truly rise into your highest self-expression. And this is where you're going to gain your unique wisdom and cultivate your or fortify and expand your unique gifts that would later become what you actually contribute to the world with, Mm -hmm. right? So it's so deep for me. And talking about being your authentic self, and and there's so much, you know, resonance in your messaging, which is one of the reasons why I've loved to connect with you and have you on my show too, because truly, like, there's just so much, you know, alliance in our experience and what we share. Mm -hmm. The authentic self is a superpower. Can I grab just 30 seconds of your time? Are you looking to dive deeper into your emotional health journey? Are you healing post-breakup or figuring out your next move in life or in business? Do your emotions get the best of you? Do you feel stuck in the suck or feel overwhelmed or anxious? I've got the 20-minute solution. For just 10 days, you can emotionally reset and begin your healing journey and conquer your emotions. So grab your 10-day emotional reset with me and take charge of your emotions like never before. And as a brave listener, you get 50% off when you go to this link, theemotionalreset.com, theemotionalreset.com. Now back to the show. And I love that as you've been talking about authenticity, there's this direct correlation as well to self-confidence that you teach. And I kind of want to bring that up here for us to unpack in the ways that is probably coming up for you. But where did you start noticing that was really adding to your self-confidence? You know, I just don't believe that there's any way to truly cultivate self-confidence without being your true self. Mm. You can't. Because if you're not operating as your true self, then what is that confidence? It's not true. To truly face the world being you is how you're going to develop this true self-confidence. And and it's not an easy task at all. You know, you're the most vulnerable because you're literally face forward with no costume. There's no performance. You've got nothing to hide behind. You're naked. People don't like you. They don't really like you. You get rejected. You're truly being rejected. Because all you're doing is going, here I am, this is who I am, like it or not, take it or leave it, right? It really, to me, it's always a decision because there's so many points where an individual is faced with, do I, how I frame authentic self is like what you truly want to say yes to and what you truly want to say no to in life, right? So Mm -hmm. you're this crossroad of like, do I say yes and, and say in devotion to my authentic self and lead from my authentic self in this particular scenario, paint the picture, whatever it is, Mm -hmm. or do I turn down the volume of my true self, put her in the closet, tell her to be quiet and go away right now because I need to step up and do this. I need to be this right now. So I get this. So I, yeah, how is that going to produce self-confidence? You're literally telling your true self, you don't matter right now. Be quiet. And what's so interesting is like, you know, everybody I believe wants to be seen, heard, and felt. And if you're not willing to give yourself that first, that's a real interesting situation, you know? And it all leads back to, you know, the confidence that I speak about. I'm not talking about confidence in your skills. That's different. We're talking about self, capital S-E-L-F, confidence. In order to really 
fortify, expand, you know, move in life with true self-confidence. And you have to be willing to be your true self. There's no way around that. Well, and I mean, even going back to the younger version of yourself, the teenager that moved to Kauai with her boyfriend and, you know, (laughs) even just reading the stats from that New York Times article of teen girls now struggling with their own mental health because they are looking externally for validation. They're looking externally for their happiness to fit in, to belong. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. How can we begin to shift that? Or what are some of the missing pieces? Because it seemed like you began to cultivate yours, you know, early on. Yeah. And later you know, I'll, I'll, we can talk about, you know, some of the strategies that you, you now have in your black belt or your tool belt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, again, it, it really comes down to the relationship that you have with yourself. We haven't been taught as a society to go inward for any kind of support. It's always outward or validation, love. We haven't been taught to go inward to receive love, mm-hmm. but we know, you know, that it's actually fundamental, right? To receive anything out there that we want, we have to receive it. We have to cultivate it within ourselves first. This is why developing that relationship with yourself is vital, which is why, you know, and we will talk about this, but journaling is huge because it's just... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I, like, just like you, I I remember even being so young, gosh, I think I want to say the third grade when I had my first crush on this boy in my class and I would go home to my little locket and key and write about this boy in my journal. And, you know, later on my dad would find out because he would also read my journal and I would get so mortified. I would get so like, oh my gosh, you know, it was like, you know, and it was just like a a, a cute little innocent crush back then. But that was what began the journey of having journals. And there was a time where I would literally have a new journal every year. And now it's like a new notebook that I have. Yeah. For you know, yeah. it's like without clockwork at the end of December, I am looking for that specific journal, planner, whatever. <laughs> I've even created my own, but I still yes. like getting the physical ones. I, I swear at, some, at yeah. some point I will probably invest in like our own, but, but it's that feeling of like, oh yes, you know, this is going to be mine for the next year. And so yeah. how do you, and what's your process? What's, mm-hmm. what's the process been of journaling and are there specific prompts? How can somebody get started if they're like, okay, this is the way that I want to connect back with myself. Yeah. Well, the first thing I would say is to, this is not easy, but it is essential. The more that you can become the student of yourself, the more you operate with curiosity and less judgment. And this is so vital when you're stepping to the pages. Because Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people have resistance because they're already judging themselves. I'm not a writer. I don't like my handwriting. What do I write about? I don't have anything to say. Uh, The list goes on and on. I've heard it all. I've talked to thousands at this point, right? And what I like to say is, if you can just put on your student lens, it's what I call it, and 
approach your journal like trying to create more of a ritual than a routine. Rituals in my world are routines done with heart and soul. It's a different energy, right? First of all, it's way more enchanting. It's way more romantic. It's way more inspiring. But when you go to your journal, it's so important to just allow yourself to be there with yourself. You don't know what to write? Write that. And then see what comes after that. To see your thoughts is a very special thing. And that's what journaling allows you to do, right? And the space between your thinking in your mind and the actual words that come out on pages is a very important space. This is where we build self-awareness. And I know you know so much about the power of self-awareness, you know? Mm -hmm. And so when you start to get into this ritual, you can call it a habit, call it a practice, whatever you feel more comfortable with, this ritual of being in an honest conversation that is non-judgmental with yourself, you are going to create this relationship that we've been talking about with yourself you're turning up the volume on your intuition. You're starting to trust your own voice more. And it becomes the antithesis to, you know, a lot of, I'm not going to say that I can speak for every, you know, young girl out there to know exactly what their hardship is. But oftentimes it's just, there's so much viewing externally that's overriding their internal voice or in fact, shaping their internal voice, which is not their true self. Right? I always say, like, the heart is the truth, right? Your heart is the truth. You want to build a pathway to your heart, to the voice of your heart. Journaling allows you to do that. So, you know, I have a lot of tips and tricks and techniques from prompts to, I mean, I, I literally have a guided journal, You Are the Path, that has prompts because I do know that, again, from speaking to so many, that, you know, what actually turns me on, but it's the vast openness of pages, you know, because uh, for me, it's like unlimited possibilities. Yes. You well, know, I want to say, where do we get this journal? Blackoutbeauty.com. Yeah. About blackbeltbeauty.com. Dot okay, com. Perfect. Yeah. My website. Yeah. I'll send okay, it to perfect. you. Okay, yeah. And it's well. illustrated. It's beautiful. There's actual sections that, you know, I curated to really give a little bit more form, but all, all of which I, I say in, in the first few pages of my writing, you can ignore them by all means, but they're just there to support you, you know? Mm. So I, yeah, I think the most important, just to bullet point that, is to first of all approach your journal with no judgment, to be curious, because that curiosity creates an excitement, you know? Um, try and approach journaling in a more ritualistic fashion because it makes it more enchanting and more invigorating and inspiring. And then just allow yourself to unravel what's ever in your mind and your heart. And again, if you don't even know what to say, just start by saying that or look in your environment. I wrote a whole story about a rose today. The rose is my spirit flower. but I, And I've written about her so many times. But today, just looking in my environment and seeing this one single beautiful rose that I have on my table, it literally put me into two pages of writing. So mm. it's really, you know, it's, it's allowing your consciousness to really speak through you, you know, yeah. and and all of, you know, all of that is going to help you build a beautiful, empowered, loving, healthy relationship with yourself. Oof. 
And I mean, this is so much for all of us to get started. And I think that, you know, I've had, it just reminded me of like, you know, so many of my own kind of deep, dark moments that I've gone through, but journaling was such a spiritual tool. And you, you said something about, you know, rituals and even for me, rituals are something that like are sacred. And so if we can give even that journaling the space for it to be that sacred time for you, I think, you know, that even if it's like two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, and I'm sure you have all of these exercises as well. So Mm blackbeltbeauty.com. But as we segue into, before we get into our final section, how did Black Belt Beauty come about? (laughs) Oh, I love that question. You know, so prior to my career now, the larger part of my career life before was, I was a celebrity makeup artist, right? Which was beautiful. And it was really a skill focused career. And it was essential for, you know, to bring me where I am now. But midway through, I started to feel the feeling of, I've got more here. I've got, there's more in me. And I don't know what it is yet. And I'm not going to put any pressure on whatever that is. I'm just going to let it come to me. I just know that there's more. And again, journaling and being very introspective and always just kind of zooming out at my life and paying attention. You know, I started to really notice a lot of the various compliments or just things that more constant that people would tell me. People, whether it was strangers, peers, family, best friends. And, you know, whether it was something in health and fitness, because I that's, you know, a high, you know, I'm an athlete, health geek, tremendous health geek. I wish there was a Roxy app. So when I go to the market, I know what to get. Or, you know, let me, like, can you create a fitness plan for me? Or, you know, the list goes on. Psychology as well huge Mm. for me, right? Philosophy. Oh man, I wish you could write this email for me. Hold on, I'm writing that down. Oh, when you said this, it did this, right? And so basically, what I captured is that I had impact, you know, that, that there was, my words had, you know, there was impact and it was making a difference. And all I was doing is just being me and sharing what I love and sharing from love because I, I want people, you know, to thrive in life. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a jujitsu practitioner. I'm not a black belt. <laughs> I wish that would be amazing. <laughs> Just saying that because a lot of people think that, you know. And so, you know, black belt, to be a black belt in any, you know, form of martial arts, it's the highest standard, right? It's the highest expression. Mm-hmm. For me to live from your highest expression is to live your most beautiful life. So that's where just me being, you know, poet and having fun with words, I came up with the name Black Belt Beauty, right? So to live from your highest expression is to live a beautiful life. And it started as a blog, but I'm not really a fan of just sitting, you know, period, actually sitting. <laughs> I like to move. Um, but it, I can totally it just, see that from, from you know? for sure, definitely. <laughs> Well, and I think it just, it's such a roundabout way to encompass everything in your life, like how you show up, how I've been able to uh, see and drop in with you and, and yes, how poetic. So I love that it's (laughs) Black Belt Beauty. And thank you. So as we get into our little igniting round, I have, Mm -hmm. we're doing something different these days. I have my conversation cards that I will pull up for you. We'll just take Amazing. the first one here. Ooh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is good. 
What makes you feel most alive at this stage? Oh my goodness. What makes me... me There's so many things. I'll just bullet point like what came to my mind. Nature always. Ocean, surfer, nature, period. The moon, my family. My goodness, my little nephews, my niece. They just like melt me. Writing, you know? I mean, I I can go on and on in the most romantic ways. I'm writing my first book, which is literally, it got me up at 3 a.m. I wake up early anyways, but 3 a.m. was a little much, but I just, I had to write my book before I came and, and, you know, to be in space with you. By the way, I think that's such a beautiful time. You know, I feel like spiritually, they say between four to six, it's like the best time to meditate. It's the best time to get all of the ideas going. And that's my norm. Between wow. four and five thirty, because Amazing. I go to bed early. Oh, so I'm. It's my circadian rhythm. It's just natural. There's no alarm. Today was no alarm too, and that's the best feeling. Is that I woke up and I'm like, well, one more hour would be great for more REM, you know. And then I was like, I just start thinking about my morning ritual, you know, making my coffee, lighting my candles, a sound bath, my writing, my book, and I'm like get to your pages. And it's that, I mean, that right there makes me feel so alive because it's living from my heart. You know, Mm -hmm. anytime I believe that we are truly living from our heart is when we are going to be most alive. And I'm going to insert this. And that doesn't mean that it's always going to feel great. No, Mm -hmm. no. Your heart is not there to protect you from you know, so you're always living in this happy, feel great. No, your your heart's going to ask you to do some hard shit. That's real self-love, you know? From my experience, regardless, the, the hard and the high, as long as it's authentic, it's always serving, right? It's always bringing you higher and higher in life. It certainly has been the case in mine. So yeah, just to live from your heart is to to feel alive in my world, for sure. Which that was a mic drop moment right there. there. Was. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely a mic drop moment right there. And our final question, what does it mean to be brave? The through line of this conversation, to be your authentic self. It takes real guts. It takes real guts. Life is going to tempt you in so many ways to cheat on yourself. And when you choose to stay devoted, and, and you know, for me, it's like a muscle. You keep flexing, you keep flexing, you get stronger and stronger. You then, you can stand in your true self and you move in life in partnership with yourself. And there's nothing more empowering to me than to move through life in partnership with yourself. You're the one variable that doesn't change in life. Everything else can and likely will change, but you're in you until you're out of here. So it's really important to get, and really great idea to get into this empowered relationship, this loving, revered relationship with yourself. And to me, that can only be done when you're showing up in true devotion to your authentic self. So it takes a lot of guts. So good. So many gems. Okay, Roxy, where can the audience find you? Where can we get connected with you and your wisdom? You really are such a living, breathing, incredible poet with so much wisdom. And I'm so excited. We'll have to bring you back when your book is definitely out for release. I would love that. Thank you so much. I love being in space with you, truly. Um, Mm. Instagram, Roxy Look 
R-O-X-Y-L-O-O-K and Black Belt Beauty. Podcast is Black Belt Beauty. And then the Mothership website is blackbeltbeauty.com. So again, thank you so, so much. I adore you. I stand with you and all your messages and everything that you share. And you are such a beautiful, powerful contributor. And so to be in space with you is truly an honor. Thank you. Likewise, Queen. Likewise. And we're just getting started. I know. Can't wait. And we'll also drop the link to your episode as well, your podcast that I was on as well. Yes. Yes. Because it was so good. I know. More to come. More more to come. come. Until next time on The Brave Table. Bye. All right, loves. Welcome to the other side. So for more on Roxy, go ahead and follow her on Instagram. Roxy Look. That's R-O-X-Y Look. Watch the Roxanne Show on YouTube. That's Roxanne Saifi. That's S-A-F-F-A-I-E. And get access to her self-love mini course for free. It is at Black Belt Beauty dot mykajabi.com and you can learn about her membership options. This is also linked in the show notes as well. And to dive more, go into episode 131 with Defying Odds, Overcoming Fear and Taking Risks to Thrive and Shine with one of my good friends, Geeta Sidhu Rob. She talks about how she was one of the first brown women literally ever to run for parliament in London. I also recommend episode 1118, Creating a Life That You Love by Design with Carolyn Buckloose. She is just a powerhouse and honestly, such a mentor that I honestly love. And episode 90, How to Build Confidence and Charisma Through Seasons of Pivots, Reinvention, and Transition with the magnificent Vanessa Van Edwards. So... Without further ado, this is all I have for you this week. If you love this episode, if you have things to share about your own journey, or if you just want to share this with a friend, go ahead and do so. Friend, colleague, family member, drop it in their DMs, their inbox, share it, share your stories with me on the gram. Send me a note at the Brave Table. And if you haven't already and you're like, oh my gosh, I am so tuned in, I'm so tapped in, I am loving this. We would love your five-star review. I mean, your reviews help us get into the hands of more people. It helps us also bring on really amazing guests when they can see your five-star review. And so I just... If you've been a listener for a very long time and you're like, I just haven't had the time, this is your reminder. Go ahead. Go to your iTunes app. Scroll all the way down. And when you see write a review, go ahead. Rate it. Write that review. Screenshot it and submit and send it to support at globalgrit.co. It'll take you 30 seconds. And when you do, I will send you a free gift as my token of appreciation. Thank you so, so much for listening and tuning in and making this part of your weekly download. I will see you soon. Have a great week and a great weekend. Don't forget to be just a little bit more brave.